welcome to the Agency Thinking Podcast Season 2, where I'll be talking to a range of folks who support agencies across their specialisms. So that's freelancers, contractors, consultants, and getting a viewpoint from them about what makes an agency tick, as seen from the outside, and uh, an understanding and discussions and a chat around the whole agency ecosystem. Today I'm talking to Sarah Knight. Sarah is a trainer in human skills and she's also a leadership and management trainer and a business coach. She runs Mind the Gap, it's her training academy and she's been uh, supporting a whole range of agencies, uh, business owners as well as individual team members within those organisations and working with freelancers too. So I'll let Sarah explain a little bit more about who she is and what she does but um, we had a very interesting conversation. I think you'll enjoy this around this whole area of supporting agencies and bring the best out of people who work within the agency world. Hiya, thanks for having me on. Um, well, essentially, I've got 25 years um, frontline experience working with agencies in comms, in marketing. So I've been there, I've done it, I've seen it, I've spun right. all the plates, I've built the teams and I've had the bosses. Um, and it's taken me a long old while to realise that the thing I really love doing and the thing that I've done consistently over the past five years is help people thrive in business because that's right. what it comes down to. That's the absolute core of it for me in, in agency land. Well, in any land really, but... In agency land, more than ever, we work in incredibly yeah. stressful environments. Often in agencies, there's an always-on approach, which, you know, we can debate till the cows come home, but it's yes. there, there's a yeah. feeling it's there. And therefore, how do you let people, how do you help people cope? So that is how Mind the Gap started. So MASH right. comes is my consultancy, mashed up a whole host of things, um, offering strategic advice, strategic consultancy, but then increasingly over the past five years, I've looked at training and I've done all sorts of training over the over the years, um, you know, from social media through to digital marketing. And then increasingly realized that the thing that helps people stay in agencies and keep in agencies and actually survive in agencies are these all important human skills. And they used to be called soft skills, which yes. drives me nuts. You know, the whole, um, yeah. there's a guy called Simon Sinek that I really love. Yes. And he, yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he sort of said, you know, that this is ridiculous. Let's, like, you know, the human skills, the skills that we should be proud of and actually are as important, if not more important than the, the textbook skills, the, the skills that get us to the next level of promotion. Because actually when we get to that promotion, you know, often we've not been told how to people manage what, you know, we've not been shown how to do it. We don't know how to yeah, negotiate. Yeah. We don't know the hints and tips on client service or presentations or conflict resolution, you know, or teamwork, problem solving, working under pressure. You know, mm -hmm. they're all really, really essential skills when you're moving through an agency. So that's what I do. You know, I, I yeah. really care. That's the heart. That's the ethos of what I, who I am and what I do. And it's about that passion, putting it into people. You know, it's as simple as that. So that's, that is your why, isn't it? Your, um, it is. Well, is it supporting individuals and agencies or is it supporting the owners or is it a mixture of the two? Do you, do you work with individual team members and also the owners? Because they, they have all their own stresses and time issues and 
you know, lonely sometimes, I think, is, is quite a place to be sometimes. Oh, you know, gosh, it's quite a lonely place. And I think one of the big things, I work with both, you know, I right. work with leaders and do yeah. the leadership coaching and training, and I work with the, 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 the individuals coming up through the agency world. And I think that's really, really important because I think one of the fantastic things that we can teach the leaders of tomorrow is mm -hmm. how they can lead and how they can effectively use their amazing personalities to, to build their human strengths to make sure that they're effective and kind leaders which yes. leads me on to the leaders of today. And I think there's been a thing in, I, I, well, I can only speak from personal experience. So my personal experience of growing up in the world of comms is we had to be fierce. Yes. You know, we had to be fierce. Yeah. We had to go out there. We had to be, you know, show no weakness, show no vulnerability. Mm. And, you know, thankfully times have changed and we can show vulnerability and we can show that we care. And actually by doing that, the people in your care then a respect you more b care for you more and c can see that they can be leaders and not know the answers to everything you know yeah. and so there's a training exercise a development exercise to be done there as well you know that, yeah. that's really important and being a good human you know I think that's the thing is that we all want to do it and this is where the lovely thing you know that there are positives that have come out of Covid and the positives one of the positives are the celebrations of being good humans you know and not having to hide all those yeah. lovely characteristics you know when you go into the office every day you know you can be human you can be you and actually you know one of my great friends says you know do you be you you know and that that's I think yeah, that what we can because then you go in otherwise you go into work and you feel like you're constantly looking out of your shoulder going to yeah. be found out by being not who you are which then comes into imposter syndrome and the fear and all that other it's stuff it's stressful yeah. isn't it in, in, you know th thinking that through from from days gone by it's quite stressful to pretend to be other than you really are for anybody any you know whoever you are in life um you, you mentioned right at the start about um agencies kind of being well this is my terminology for it and that be sort of too doom and gloom about agencies but they can be incredibly like pressure cookers aren't they they, they can be quite toxic inverted commas places for people to work flat out you know day in day out um do you still think that's the case or do you think that will still be the case rather from from everything you just said as we move back into normal because folks have had time to reflect and think well is there a balance in life i know you know, maybe we've all thought about whether we want to work at home full time or whether we want to go back into for working in agencies back into the office. But do you think there should be hopefully less of that kind of pressure cooker, more about caring about the individuals? I think this is where the human skills really come into it, because right. I think that um, I think that agencies will forever be pressure cookers because you will okay. forever have clients going. Can I just have you got that? I need it tomorrow, um, yeah. you know, just because they're bouncing it over the tennis racket, the, the, the net, and they yeah. don't want to have to deal with it. So there's always going to be that always on mentality. I think yeah. the beauty of what's happening is that if we look at it from a positive point of view, we've got the opportunity to create the blueprint of what agencies look like going forward. And I think the real positive of that is that that might keep more people in the agency framework because I know that, mm. you know, a lot of absolutely fantastic account managers, mainly women, 
leave at account manager level or account director level because they can't juggle family life. You know, they, they physically yeah. and mentally can't juggle having kids, being a mum and doing the always on. Yeah. Now, I think that if we're moving forward and I've seen some agencies do some fantastic things, you know, it's got to come from top down. You know, the, the, the leads of the agencies have got to believe it and they've got to trust. Trust is such a huge thing. You yeah. know, if we can nail this flexible working and actually, you know, I, I love the term, I, I can't remember who coined it, but, you know, collaboration in the office and concentration at home. I think that's yep. really, really lovely yep. because you can concentrate better at home, but we all need those water cooler moments and we all need that, that agency environment if, if that's where you choose to work because it can be very insular working at home. And I think coming back to the pressure cooker point, Mark, that's where you um, have to be careful because I think, you know, some of the training that I've been doing with agencies recently, that working from home, especially when you're maybe um, working an, a, a lower down on the cascade level of, you know, account manager, account exec, um, you know, you're, you get that email in and because you've not got your mate across the desk going, oh my God, they're always sending emails like that. Or you've not got your boss going, don't worry about it. We need to concentrate on that. It, then that bubbles up. So I think that there is a real danger of making it, you know, of the pressure cooker yeah. almost becoming um, bigger than it should be if you are working from home and you've not got the right yeah. skills in place to deal yeah. with that insular approach to working it, 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 that's a really good point it, it comes with its own set of issues doesn't it or potential issues working from home and it isn't um it isn't necessarily a relaxing environment to be in no particularly no. In a, as you say in this in, in in agency world as a service industry that you are having to provide brilliant service. So it's really hard to kind of ignore that email. Even if it comes in at half five, six o'clock, I am sure, well, I know from, from working inside agencies when we were all still in the office at half six, seven, I'm sure at home, folks are still doing stuff at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock. Well, I know they are because I get emails occasionally from, from agency clients, at, you know, nine or 10 at night via their iPad. So they're constantly thinking about their client work the running of the business so yeah it's so I, it's given people the skills isn't it from what you're saying the kind of the, the the toolkit to manage their life and manage their approach to to um working in this environment sometimes when you work with agencies or individuals is the first response maybe sometimes actually i'm okay i can do this i can manage everything and then yeah. you can stop and think actually no i need a bit of help how does that how does that manifest and I, they contact I, you I, or you're absolutely right. You know, the whole spinning plates and multitasking thing is a massive myth. You know, you're actually, all the facts and stats are out there, you know, that, that you know, the more you try and multitask, the less effective you are, you know, and yeah, therefore yeah. if we can skill people up to really look at time chunking and really look at where they're effectively going to be able to concentrate, that means they're going to be able to switch on and off a task much better. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm an NLP practitioner as well, and one of the things that yes. we talk about yeah. in NLP is breaking states, which effectively simply means doing something different, you know, and that then affects your brain, your supercomputer, which means that it can switch on and it can switch off, it can process mm -hmm. the information that's going on. Um, and that's what we've got to encourage people to do, you know, and, and that's switching off and, and not looking at your, um, you know, that the, this is the downside, I think, with the always on communications as well. And again, something I've been talking to agencies about, you know, now we've got email, 
which can come through at any time. But we can turn that off. We can put the laptop down. We can choose not to switch on. But then we've got WhatsApp, you know, and actually a lot of agency culture has switched onto WhatsApp because it's fantastic. It's immediate. It's a bit more social. But what, what's then happening is briefs are going through on WhatsApp or, you know, somebody's yeah. turning around and saying, you know, can you just do this? Because they think they're going to get in touch with them more on WhatsApp then they might get a response on email. And that's where we need to put a framework around it of actually, you know, WhatsApp is for, you know, the communication of checking in that someone's okay. It's the well-being side of it. But if it's work, let's keep it on Microsoft Teams or let's keep it on email or in the office because then people have the capacity then to switch off. Because if we're not allowing our people to switch off, that pressure cooker is going to absolutely boil over way before, you know. So part of what you do to work with folks by sounds of it is, is turn them into their own gatekeeper because it's, it's they are because there's no one else to do it to say put step away from the phone step away from the laptop it's got to come from your own behavior i guess to sort of know when you need to have a break from it all um and it's interesting yeah. it wasn't timed this way but it's interesting that we're talking about all of this in um, mental health awareness week <laughs> when we first started chatting it wasn't i didn't even plot the fact to be honest and then it was only i think yesterday or the day before i said you know actually yeah. but it is it comes into everybody's mental well-being doesn't it as a as a, as a rounded human being when they're working in such a busy stressy environment isn't it a brilliant environment from a creative point of view but a really stressy um, yeah and I, I think I, I think that's the thing is i think that leaders of agencies and senior leadership teams you, you're a, you're the boss you're the therapist you're the friend and you know there is a line you know when you have to know where to draw the line and you you know one of the biggest lessons I think in leadership is you have to understand that sometimes your job is simply to listen and to know how to listen effectively but mm-hmm. also to understand that you're not going to be able to fix any fix everyone you know the, the responsibility right. yeah. has to come from the individual yeah. which is where training happens from the lower levels because actually if we're training the execs managers you know directors to upwardly manage but equally you know through coaching led leadership or coaching led you know management style you know take their ownership and their responsibility then they in themselves will know how to say no you know I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned rather late on in business is you can say no and still be effective you know you can say that's not possible what I can do is that And because of the language you're using, it's a very positive place to be rather than just going, yes, yes, and then failing. And then no one. I guess it's it's giving people confidence as well to, to, as you're saying, frame it in a way. Which comes absolutely into the whole, you know, well-being, which is, you know, I've got sort of, I guess, three hats that I have, the human skills, Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, which are really interweaved, and then the well-being in the workplace. Yes. And I think, again, that's something that's changing. But I think if we can equip our people and the people in our care, but importantly, the leaders as well, to yes. look after themselves a little bit better, then they'll thrive better at work. You know, they'll yeah. be more productive. And I think that change is happening. You know, I think that understanding mm-hmm. is happening. Um, I think it's a long process. I don't think it's necessarily anything that's going to happen overnight. But, you know, that well-being in the workplace is such an important thing. It, I think we said there again resonates with a couple of things I've read recently on LinkedIn from some agency owners who have stepped aside from their agency and sort of had a successful sort of you know sell or whatever, 
And one guy particularly who I first talked to maybe seven or eight years ago and then kept in touch with, I'm not going to mention any names, but he wrote a really heartfelt post probably about two weeks ago saying now he's stepping away from this really successful business that he built up for another agency who's acquired it. Um, he's been really honest with the fact that he was not in a great place sometimes. He found the pressure really difficult. He wouldn't let the rest of the team know, but he would often be you know, almost paralysed with that anxiety of how the whole thing was going, um, took far too much on himself, didn't want to share it. So he's talking about it now. But I think the more that those conversations happen, the, the better for everybody to think, oh, it's okay to... to um, I'm trying to avoid the Americanism and reach out, but it is better for people to make contact and say, look, I need a bit of a help here. Yeah, and imagine yeah. if that, you know, I, uh, gosh, I'm not casting any um, opinion on that, that individual, but, you know, imagine if he had the confidence or the self-belief to have that conversation earlier, you know, and I'm not talking about what would have happened to his agency at all. I'm talking okay. about what would have happened to him or her as an individual and yes. how they might have felt going yes. into work and managing that, that you know, that, that, that day-to-day grind. Mm. And, you know, one of the things I think that's also really interesting is, you know what gosh I, you know uh, we, we've been we've been around for a while in agency world and the world of comms yeah. but you know it was only a few years ago that some of the peers that I work with that I you know that uh, you know we're great friends now but I run massive agencies and you know that we were sat there and we were all having a glass of wine and um, we were talking a very generally but essentially it came down to imposter syndrome and um, and they went, oh, yeah, that, quite frequently, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, and actually, that's all right. You know, we, we need to be yeah. able to say that now, you know, we need yeah. to say, well, I'm not sure. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. And having, having some folks to talk to as well to sort of share that. When you start working with agencies, do you find that you're um, sometimes pushing on an open or more and more pushing on an open door that they are recognising that they need some support? Or do you still think there's a bit of resistance? Having said all the things we've said, but there's still some resistance to think we're okay. We can sort this out ourselves. We, you know, no disregard, no disrespect side for any HR internal teams. But we'll, we'll put a bit of a training thing on with some some of the guys in HR. Do you, or do you think there is more of an acceptance now that no, our teams are really important. We need support. Oh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know? I think there's another sort of layer in there. And I think the other layer is that there's a real, some agencies, I think some agencies I'm pushing more Shrub Hill, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and they've sort of said all the right things on email and then it's still you know, two years later going, yeah, yeah, we'll get that in. And I'm like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and some agencies I've worked with who, you know, I, I did some training with, I did a wellbeing in the workplace um, uh, course with them. Right, and right. then they came back and said, we need you every month just to coach the team just because it's worked really well. And, and actually we've seen the benefit of it, you know, so the whole scene is believing. And then there's the other level of people that go, yeah, we really, really want to do this and we really believe in it. And we've got, a, you know, a really people first culture and then, oh, my word, the world's opened up. We've got really busy. All these pictures are coming in. And, uh, oh, actually, we haven't got time for that because we need to prioritise the potential cash flow. Yeah. I yeah. get that. Yeah. But equally, if, the, if, you're, if you've got 752 pitches knocking on the door and therefore all your people are, you know, always on, working, worrying, and we've not got any of the training in place on the whole people approach, again, we're back to that bubbling pressure part. So yeah. I think that yeah. there's... Mm. there's more of an appetite for it I think there's an appetite for it but it's still in quite a closed box yeah 
Yes. I think that unfortunately then when that agency or, or um, um, person gets very busy um, or HR, you know, we're like, yes, we're doing this. And then you can't get everyone on the call or you can't get everyone on the training yeah, because yeah. they've been pulled on a client meeting. It's really difficult to prioritize that within the agency world. Yes. That, that, the parallel for me there, as you were saying that, is this, I've, I've written a couple of posts, which I'm not alone in doing it, when people talk about how agencies promote themselves and get in the business. But the parallel for me there is this cobbler's shoes, cobbler's children's shoes syndrome around things like new business. It's the same. It's like, of course, we've got to focus on our own business. It's really important. Oh, no, here's another pitch. Let's forget it. Or we've got a busy period. We'll throw that to one side. And then, as you're saying, in parallel, six months down the line, the agency website hasn't been updated the teams haven't been trained from your point of view everything that they talk about thriving the getting the individuals to thrive and all all, all the well-being work that you could support them with has been put to one side because no let's just focus on the day-to-day and the here and now it's a tough balance i guess isn't it do you do you you have to just politely keep knocking on the door and saying remember that really good stuff we talked about you really should be doing it and it hasn't gone away so how does that, because otherwise the velocity of agency sometimes will be to sort of nicely push you to one side to say, yes, it's important, but we just can't look there yet. Yeah, I, I, it's hard as an individual, as any, you know, as any individual when yeah. you're trying to, you know, push your own business. And my yeah. nature is that I'm not a, you know, I love chats like this. I love debating what's going yeah. on. Once I start talking to an agency or an individual or an organisation, I'm there, the whole sort of pushing yourself out there and then keep knocking on that that closed mm. door, not really my bag. I also yeah. think that there's, you know, there's a case of if there's an appetite there and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in those conversations, brilliant. If it goes quiet, you've got to accept that, you know, it goes back to everything that, you know, we we understand in, in NLP and the fact that we're often perceiving a situation because of how we see it rather than how someone else is working or believing or how they're seeing it. So I do try and put myself in that position. Yeah. yeah. But there is, there is a, Mm. I think there's an education as well as a buy-in, you know, I think I've got to keep, you know, like chats like this, like, you know, the, everything that you were talking about the other day about the, the walking and talking and the fresh air, you know, that's fantastic. You know, there's an education there as well as then, right. Okay. Let, let's let's buy into this and let's yeah, buy into the, the realities of it have you seen any um and i don't know what the answer to this is actually because i don't i can't recall that i have but have you seen any stats anyway we're talking about that buy-in as you're saying that or the selling maybe to the agencies to say that from a hard-nosed commercial so to the fd from a hard-nosed commercial point of view talking about the uh, well-being um uh, of team members and the owner talking about uh, as you do um, equipping them with the tools to kind of thrive within the business and not churn out all of that summer I'm guessing will have hard stats behind it so churn levels will drop productivity in a good way will be client satisfaction be better because people are happier generally and probably that probably exudes from them that they're happy happier bunnies in the agency they're not venting which sometimes I've done in my experience I've occasionally vented not even deliberately with a client about how frustrated they are back at the ranch so yeah. there must be somewhere something that or is there i don't know is, is there anything that you can point to that says this um, is really good to do well i was having a very interesting conversation um with a colleague the other day and we were it, there's some stats that that have come out which i will try and find that are talking about the expected churn post covid 
um, mm-hmm. in in working environments, so not just um, uh, agency. Yeah, yeah. And they're expecting a huge churn. And this is um, it's been uh, the stats have come from America, but I think they've then looked at what the the obviously the information is in the UK. Yeah. And what they've said is that the churn's going to be ridiculous. And I think we're already seeing this. Certainly the conversations that I'm having with agencies, people are really struggling to find people. But then equally, there is a little bit of people going, right, okay, I'm moving, you know. And the reason they're doing that is is not necessarily because they're desperately unhappy at work, but because it's the one thing they can control in this COVID world. You know, it's the one thing they can control, you know, that's their tick box. Yeah. That said, there, there is research out there uh, by the DDI that says, you know, ultimately people quit bosses. 57 yeah. of employees have left a job because of a manager. So imagine actually from a, going back to those hard facts and stats, if you're actually equipping your managers and your leaders to be better at what they're doing, then less people are going to quit because people leave people, don't they? They don't leave businesses, you know. They're not happy with either the team around them or certainly, as you're saying, their line manager or the directions, maybe the culture or, or, or lack of direction potentially of the agency founder or owner. So yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. So I didn't, I I have read a couple of things. I, um, I probably, I don't think I've looked at it as much as you have, but the, that there is that you know early signs of um, the people are it's almost like as much as there's pent up demand in theory with the whole economy we're all going to go out there and spend more or so Rishi hopes we're going to go and do <laughs> yeah. but they, there's also a pent up um, um, dissatisfaction potentially and even folks who've been kept in their jobs and weren't furloughed yeah. whatever for all different reasons everyone well not everyone lots of people are going to just do something different this is where the culture comes in you know and i think this is where yeah. there is that change you know i think we're seeing more and more um companies and agencies realize the power and the importance of a culture um mm. i think there's an awful lot of people out there tick boxing i, I just judged on some uh, company culture awards and there's some agencies doing amazing things um, and there's some that are just saying, you know, well, well, we give 25 days holiday a year. No, that's not a culture. That is what you should be doing as standard, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think if you have an agency where you're living and breathing the culture as the owner, as the senior leadership team, then you stand more chance of stopping that churn, you know, because I think yeah. there's always going to be that grass is always greener. You know, there's always going to be that person that goes actually I, I just want a change and they see the easiest change to make is a is a job because they can do that in a month and a half you can't move house in a month and a half you can't you know yes and, yeah. you know change location in a month and a half so if you're getting twitchy and itchy and you want to do your shake then the easiest yeah. thing to do is look at what you're doing work-wise yes that's a really good point I guess so I suppose yeah it is it's um it's for the agency to recognize well leaders in agencies to recognize that and maybe sort of help people along that that route of maybe just changing the role within the business i don't know or, or being given yeah. a new sideline task as long as it's not too stressy that's the other thing you don't want to add to the burden for folks but and, yeah. and the really powerful thing to do is to unpick that why you know going back right back to the right. beginning of our conversation yeah. Yeah. is that what what often happens with with agencies <laughs> is that um is that the, the, when somebody wants a promotion, it's because they think they've been in a uh, position for two, out, two, two hours, two years, you know, or it's like, right, okay, tick box, I've done two years, I've done 18 months, I've done this, this is what needs to happen now. 
And then they go, right, so I want to be account manager or I want to be account director or I want to be this or I want to be that. Well, actually, if you sit down with that person and go, why, you know, do you want more? Do you want more people management? Do you want more, you know, do you want to deal with with more um, responsibility on the account? You know, understanding why people want to move through their career is really powerful because then you understand if those people want to be, if those individuals want to be managers of people, or if they just want to be compensated for the great job that they, they is, believe yeah. they're doing. And I think that, again, is something that we need to do a bit better in agency world, you know, is understanding those levels and why people want to move up, yes. move sideways, jump ship. Yeah, it's that, it comes back to the thing you, you mentioned earlier on about active listening as well, isn't it, from the the team leader, the 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 founder, who, the owner, whoever it is, and somebody actively listening and trying to work alongside um, agencies. Just um, out of interest, do you, do you support agencies? Is it UK-based agencies or is it further afield? Well, I, um, to be honest, <laughs> I don't mind. I've just been working with an agency in Dubai, um, right. which is brilliant because they they really are nailing culture and teamwork yeah, and you yeah. know looking at how people manage and things like yes, that yeah. um and that was great yeah. to work with them um but you know but to date it's primarily been the uk the one yeah, of the last yeah. agencies i worked with had offices in china so they were they were coming into the core right. um yeah. but yeah i think it's it's interesting you know the different dynamics of different Elements of kind of uh, universal, you talk about agency culture, hashtag agency life, as it's, as it's out there on social, that if there's some universal strands, which are the same, that, you know, the busy environment, the pressure cooker, service industry, etc. Or if there then are, I mean, it's probably a bigger conversation than today, but I'm guessing there will then will be individual country-based culture as well. I, I guess that, that my only sort of knowledge is that, um, and this is, I'm being really stereotypical now, but, you know, I think there's a, there's potentially more of an appetite for the whole well-being side of it from our friends across the pond in the in the US yeah, you know if yeah. they're in that environment and that's simply from my knowledge of working with people over there on a well-being side of things rather than an agency side of things yes. um, you know they, they feel like they're a little bit more tapped into the to 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 themselves as human beings yes. and similarly um the work that i've done with um the the agency that had um a base in china the 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 team i was working with over there were absolutely phenomenal at checking in with themselves and their self-awareness and their ability to understand the need to meditate look at their morning process now they might not do it and that you know part of the training was you know we need to practice it it's practice makes progression but they were a lot more knowledgeable about it but you know gosh that's one pebble in a pond so you know i'm making yeah yeah. Yeah. that's um i I suppose it's, it's awareness at the end of the day isn't it being aware of doing something um so I could, to be honest, I could, um, this would be a two hour podcast to carry on, but I could, because <laughs> it, it's such a big part of the world of agency. It's away from the mechanics of it, which is more the bits that I sort of help agencies with processes and workflow and bit profitability and whatnot. But this whole area, it's threaded through everything that an agency is, isn't it? Because it's full of um, very sparky, bright, creative folks and that yeah. itself brings a layer of, of how they interact with each other, what they want to share, what they don't want to share. Um, but unfortunately, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know, stop at some point. But um, that was really, really interesting. Thank you very much. Thank I'm you. going to say, as I'm saying thank you, that your dog has come back into the yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought I, well, my, my puppy's, the pup is sleeping downstairs, but I, I, it's, that's that thing of, of body language. I thought there's a dog down there, isn't there? Yeah, it's you really, can just yeah. see me going down here because she's like belting me to try and get up and like yeah. nudging me. And I'm like pushing her away. Going, yeah. <laughs> we've all, I think one of the great things is we've all realised we can be ourselves when we're absolutely, talking. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those, isn't it, where... Ultimately, it's easier to pick her up and bring her on camera than it is to keep batting yeah. her up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Sarah. That was, that was brilliant. Thank you very much.